Hi there, and welcome to Isometric, a gaming podcast from a different perspective. I'm Steve Lubitz, and I am here with our panel, starting with uh, assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, Maddie Myers. How you doing, Maddie? I'm doing pretty good. I, I surprised you. I-, I know, you did me first. Thank you. Finally, I have the Finally. placement that I deserve. <laughs> did you have a good week this week? I did. I went to Kineticon this past weekend. <gasps> oh, how was that? It was a convention for nerds, and it was very fun. Are there conventions that aren't for nerds? I think so, like boat conventions and cooking conventions, but we don't talk about those. <laughs> uh, we also have reviewer from imore.com and host of the Zen and Tech podcast, Georgia Dow. How you doing, Georgia? Pandas forever. Pandas forever. Pan- panda respect. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's terrible. I shouldn't do that ever. Shut it down. The That's show's it. over now. That's the end of the show. No, we have, you have to now say that every time. <laughs> That no. has to be your call sign. That that's was my call sign. That now? was so. Oh, that was so bad. It was good. Like oh, you know, that was. That was so impressive. Oh my god! As if, as if, <laughs> as if I didn't embarrass myself already enough last week. That now it's going to be my call sign. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> the reason that I haven't introduced head of development at Giant Space Cat Brianna Wu is because this is an episode all about. Uh, Revolution 60, which is the game that is going to be out uh, this week as of when you record this. So hi, Bree. Welcome to the show. I'm not leaving the studio until I find out what's crack-lacking. I'm not going to do it. I'm just letting you know that. Uh, that other voice that you hear is voice actress Amanda Wynn Liu's work has been featured in such games as the Persona games and Shin Megami Tensei and, uh, most importantly, Revolution 60. So welcome to the show, Amanda. It's good to have you. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. So, uh, the. Yay! <laughs> She's really excited. She is. She is. Uh, I wet myself true, just a little bit. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so we're not going to be doing any follow-up or anything from last week. We're going to, and we're probably not going to be talking about anything that's in the news this week. Uh, we're going to come back to all that next week because this week we are talking to Bree and Amanda all about Revolution 60. So, yeah, you know, Amanda, I was trying to figure out before the show what we could actually talk about with your character because we could only <laughs> talk about stuff from the trailer. So I think what you could tell the, the you know listeners about your character is she's up there and we're down here and that's it. <laughs> that's all. That's, so thanks for that's, coming. That's <laughs> thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda. <laughs> Some of my best work to date, best interview ever. <laughs> oh God! Uh, yeah. So, so Bree, do you want to start? I mean, I, I imagine anyone who's been listening to this nonsense for the last ten episodes <laughs> probably is is familiar with your work. But for anyone who's coming to us for the first time to to learn about Rev Sixty, you want to give the elevator pitch for for what the game is and and talk a little bit about what about the game. Yeah, um, you know, I I've always really been attracted to games with uh, a lot of narrative. And uh, I've always been really frustrated with the lack of female characters in games. And, you know, whenever you bring this up on the internet, you know, you're always told over and over, well, if you don't like it, go make your own game. Go make your own game. So I did. <laughs> so, I love that. I love that. Right. So, yeah. so Rev60 is just like a middle finger to the internet? Is that what the... <laughs> yeah, basically. Basically, this one guy said... I told me to go do it. And then it's three years later and today. So, so you uh, made this years, game out of spite. 
all the best creative impulses do come from spite, I feel. Uh, actually, Amanda, when don't you have a line in your game, something like that? Never underestimate the inspirational power of spite. So I think so. You do. So, oh, God. Um, but anyway, it's a, it's a very narrative game. It has an all-female cast. Uh, it was developed by an all-female development company. Well, at least the core team. Yeah. <laughs> so the, my, my husband did work for us at uh, night designing some of the sets and things like that. Um, but the core team was all-female. And uh, it was very much a deliberate mix of two games, Heavy Rain and Mass Effect. Um, the, the kind of stylistic feel of the show i am obsessed with the show 24 and uh the mm. writing is very much like an episode of 24 uh it's just basically a short intense story with the uh, stakes being set very high so i hope people will enjoy it when it comes out <laughs> i'm all psyched up to i, I yeah. help make the thing and i'm like wow that sounds amazing <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and it's funny because I've been. I, I guess I should just talk about my history with the game for because it's you know it's all about me. But um, <laughs> I've been because I've it's We're funny because I've been playing this game for like a year because it, it's over. It's like a year and a half because yeah, yeah. Uh, we we first met. Well, no, we met you at PAX 2013. Right. So yeah, and that was the first yeah. time that I played the game, and I've been playtesting it ever since. So it's kind of it's kind of surreal to be talking about it having played this game that's been kind of on my phone for the past year and a half and that's yeah. finally going to to come out this week so um do you want to talk a little bit about cuz i know there's been I, I don't know i don't know that i want to go so far to say controversy uh sure, but sure. there's been definitely been a lot of discussion about the way that that the characters are drawn and i mean we i think we've talked about this on the show a few times but mm-hmm. like how you came to choose the way that the that the characters are drawn and the way that the characters are portrayed in the game and and some of the the reactions that have come to that well you know when i was when i was very young you know i I, like many creative people, I sat there, I obsessively, I obsessively, you know, drew Sailor Moon. Um, I watched anime, you know, when I was a little older in my teens, I watched a lot of Amanda Winley stuff, actually, which, you know, broke my brain is why my art style is so sexual. I was going to say, that explains a lot. Yeah, it really does. It's not a good place to uh, get your sense of where things look like, actually. Anytime um, I'm your moral compass, right? you're in big trouble. <laughs> No, but um, I do love beautiful women. I do. Um, and I, 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 I just I wanted to create a game that was full of strong, powerful, beautiful women. And, um, you know, I'm very tall and skinny. And I created characters that are very tall and skinny. It has a very distinctive look to it. But I think you can also tell that it's very inspired by Space Channel 5 and Sailor Moon. So, yeah, there you go. I I do think one of the things I didn't really plan for with the game was for us to be held up as like this bastion of feminism, which, you know, I'm very happy about. Um, But... At the same time, like, Brianna in 2014 probably would not make all of the same choices she made in 2010. I think as we move into the sequel from here, you're going to see us walk back some of our, um, you know, character designs a little bit and make them a little bit... Do you know what I mean? Just less voluptuous? I I don't think the characters are voluptuous, but um, I think that, like... You saw us make a choice over and over again with the the outfits being very form-fitting. And that was literally a choice that we made to make the characters able to 
have animated hair. So we had to put all their bones and poly count in their hair so their costumes are kind of as minimal as possible. Moving forward, we have more powerful devices. So, you know, we'll kind of you know, move it in a, a way so all their costumes aren't so form-fitting. Form Does that in make sense? In other words, stuff is going to get freaking sequel. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> it's going to get very weird. So. It is. It does give me that feel of like uh, Aeon Flux manga yeah, and, and kind yeah. of matrixy. I, I like even the, the way that they move and the fights and um, my my kids were watching uh, as I was playing and, and but, you know, and they're like jumping around after and they're like, you know, doing tornado kicks too and they're like <laughs> beating up pillows and stuff like that, and it has a great feel to it. But yeah, you're it, it is true. You you what you know? What do you say to people that say that they're like hypersexualized and you're perpetuating stereotypes? Because you know, you're you're a strong person for female rights and everything else. But there's definitely going to be some people that are going to come out and say they're too sexualized. There's too much body on these females. And, and what do you say to that? I, I've always found the female body beautiful. And I think you can be a feminist and be sexy. I think you can be a feminist and like sexy women. And I, I personally don't find those two ideas at odds. It, it bothers me that a woman can't be herself in our society without all these complicated politics coming into it. And, you know, I'm not the only female artist that loves to draw you know, sexy, beautiful women. And, you know, I, I think when you create something that is this much of a part of you, like you guys have played it, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of me in this game. I think you have to kind of be honest with your audience about what you're, do you know what I mean? What you care about. So... Not only that, but let's face it, no one's going to play a game if the protagonist has, like, buck teeth and acne. <laughs> I totally would play it. Right, right, a big right. mole growing out of their back or something. I would play yeah, it. But, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess what I would say... What I would say to that, Brie, is that I think that there are some other body types that are still pretty sexy besides yours not that you don't look gorgeous and i i love that these characters have that same tall lean look because i know what you look like and when i first saw these designs i was like oh brie put herself in the video game <laughs> because yeah, yeah, yeah. i i mean I've, i you're very very tall and that actually is pretty unusual um, for a woman. So so in some ways these characters are not a typical look. But I mean, I'm very short and I am not as skinny as Brie. And so I, I think it's cool when you have sort of a shorter, curvier character in a game. But that almost never happens. So I, I mean, I, I guess just my, my axe to grind is always like, it's cool to see other kinds of body types in games. Even beyond mine, I'm pretty conventionally looking compared to even other people I, you know so i, I don't I think, think that's true but yeah i, I just think that's something I to know. think about yeah. in the future if you well can i tell you the truth when i first started this game i had never worked 3d professionally before and the day we decided to go create these body types this is a true story about rev 60 it was amanda and i sitting at panera bread and we had, not Amanda Winley, different Amanda, uh, my co-founder Amanda. <laughs> that and, was the one that I congratulated. Um, it's an all-Amanda right. team. <laughs> right, right. It's, yes. it's all Amanda. It's three in a cast of Amandas. <laughs> right. So, no, and it was a, uh, a man that modeled our characters. And Amanda and I had literally gone through five, six, seven revisions with him and said, 
Make the boobs smaller. Make the boobs smaller. Please get rid of the nipples. I don't need the controls on the boobs. Please make the boobs smaller. Can you make these boobs smaller? I would love for these boobs to be smaller. And we finally, even me, and I back then was a novice. I was a novice 3D student. And Amanda and I took my laptop and went to Panera Bread and said, let's do this. And we kind of took this base model and did the proportions as best as we could back then, which was, again, 2010. Um, So, you know, what I understand about 3D in 2014 is light years beyond that. And what I understand about the needs that the industry has to kind of represent more body types is also light years beyond what it was from back then. So I can tell you, like, moving into the sequel, that is absolutely at the top of our, our design changes list. Does that make sense Totally. To and I also get yeah. that yeah. it's really hard. I mean, you it's a whole other model that you would have to make. and it's right. But it's not in this case. Well, yeah, but if you have a shorter character, I know that would be much mm-hmm. more difficult, right? It would require custom animations, and, you know, we'd have to completely re-rig the character, but if we start, we're starting from scratch, like, that's fine. It's it's an expense we need to make, you know? We're gonna, also going to add a man to Rev 62, what? you know, which I is... I, I'm it. glad that I'm finally going to be represented in the series. <laughs> you know? Is he the sex slave? <laughs> he's going to be just, a very, yeah. yeah they yeah. just keep him in the closet. <laughs> awesome. Every once in a while, Minuet's like, I'm going to go to the closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. For what it's worth, yes. Debra, I really, I think it's cool. I I never really had a problem with your your character models. I didn't. I think they're really no, neat. Yeah, no. I, I, but the thing is... I also grew up on Sailor Moon, though, so... Right, yeah. So you look at Sailor Moon and you look at our characters, and it's like, it's, you know, like, uber tall, uber skinny, uber thin limbs, all of that stuff, so... Mm-hmm. There's also I don't these know. very stylized hair extensions that are a particular look that I associate with my childhood in a positive way. Uh-huh. And I don't necessarily see it as sexual so much as emblematic of a particular kind of heroine. I mean, I've looked at these models so much, I don't see anything anymore. <laughs> like, I don't. I feel it's nothing. It's like the Matrix. All she yeah. sees lines of yeah, code. Really I believe true. that, it's actually. Really true. So, yeah, that's the story of the art style, basically. So, so how did you, so how did, uh, you and Amanda end up uh, working together on this? So, Prison. Okay, Amanda, I hope this doesn't embarrass you. I hope you don't, like, block me on Facebook or whatever, but I have... That means this is going to be a good story. This is getting juicy. Everyone settle in. This is going to be good. I I remember when I was, like, a freshman in college and all of that, or, you know, a teenager. I I would watch some of Amanda's classic you know, anime films. And I would see the kind of, it seems like, Amanda, you get cast as one of two characters, like either the completely crazy girl or like this very quiet, <laughs> like, like shy girl who's just trying to get outside of herself and just say what she feels. And it, it's this really weird dichotomy in who you get cast at. So, um... I always joke that people cast me as the quiet, like, Ray and Evangelion because they want me to shut up for a while. <laughs> So, you know, I would watch some of your performances, uh, these kind of crazier, zanier, more outspoken characters. 
And please understand, like, Brianna as a teenager was not who Brianna is today. And I kind of always saw it as someone who was a character I wanted to grow up to be. Or there was someone, something in that character that really spoke to me personally. So um, I was actually at a, uh, I was guest of honor at some convention. I can't even remember which one. And basically, I'm talking to someone who had worked with Amanda professionally. And I'm like, oh, my God, you've got to get her to come do Revolution 60. And this is back when we were just some renders and we were not as impressive as we are today. And Amanda, for some reason, agreed to come on my game. I was and, drunk. Yeah, she was very drunk. <laughs> and, you know, we completely rewrote uh, the script for her. We actually cut Crimson, her character Crimson 9, from the first version of the script. And, um, you know, when right before we started working together, I found myself, I went to the mall and I bought every single Mandolin Lee anime I could find. I am so sorry. Yeah. Maybe you can yeah, there were some bad ones. There were yeah, some there very some bad really ones. Bad. Yeah, there was a weird weekend at my house. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I sat there and I do this with everyone I cast. That I look at their work and I try to get a feel for what their strengths are as an actress. And I started kind of understanding what lines Amanda had that worked. And I really tried to write a character that was true to her zaniness. And I think when you see Crimson Nine in Revolution 60, she's an amazing character. And I I just, I couldn't be prouder of the way she turned out. You rock. (laughs) So thank you. You did a great job with her. I mean, did you, I mean, I have to think you had fun playing her. I had such a blast. I've always wanted to be the bad guy. And other than um, Dragon Half, I've never gotten a chance to. It's usually the, the peppy, spazzy little girl. Right. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Ugh, I'm so tired of that. You know, I'm a 41-year-old woman. I don't want to be an adolescent for <laughs> yeah. right. my life. Right. So uh, this was really, this was such a fantastic experience. I had so much fun. And the dialogue was so much fun. Just everything about it. It's like you guys really had your stuff together. Really? Just, wow. <laughs> That's sad. I'm we sorry, sounded shocked. You guys, you guys really gave the appearance of having her <laughs> You did a great job tricking her. Yeah. Great job. It was job a fantastic ruse, Bree. So, right, um, there we go. And there was just something, there was something in the project that just looked so interesting. I think, again, it was probably because of the strong female characters. Uh-huh. And rather than just being like, mm-hmm. you know, the the little, like, Busty like runs in and hands the hero a gun. Right, the girls right. are running up and picking up guns. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So um, that absolutely came through when you approached me, and I said yes. Oh, I have to tell you, for the sequel, your character, you're gonna love what we're doing for your character because it's gonna be <laughs> a lot more Amanda, Amanda Winley. We're just Ooh. just gonna be full Amanda Winley for the sequel, and it's gonna be awesome. I so. don't know if America's ready for that. <laughs> It's going to get me committed. It's true. true. I I can definitely tell you though, it it comes out like how much fun you were having with that character watching the watching the cutscenes. I mean I was playing through the game and just the I don't want to spoil anything, but the whole soybean uh monologue (laughs) is was absolutely like my favorite part of the game. And I I, you know, I, I wish we could talk more about it but without being able to spoil anything, but it was uh, uh, it was definitely clear how much fun you were having with that character from the beginning to the end. Sometimes I sit there and I write stuff, and I'm like, this is the most Amanda Winley thing I've ever written. And I knew she would nail it, and she totally did. So, well, it was funny. In the beginning, um, 
Brianna and Amanda actually said to me, like, well, if you want to reword some of these, you can. Yeah, yeah. And so after once I started using my own lingo, like, instead of saying, voila, that one will be as pliant as the other one, I used, bam, you got yourself a zombie lackey. Once they sort of clued into my weird patter, it, um, her, <laughs> her dialogue started reflecting that a lot more, too. So she yeah. became more of you, and you became more of her. <laughs> You're scaring me. <laughs> makes me sound a little, that makes me sound a little touched in the head, to be honest. But, but yes, actually. <laughs> no, it's cool, because she's an awesome character. Like, that's just... She's an absolutely, like... I, it, she just looked like a blast to play, so... <laughs> absolutely. And, and that's part absolutely of you, so does. that you should take that as a compliment as well. <laughs> Both of you. There we go. Is this a part of the show where we have Georgia psychoanalyze Crimson? Is that, is that what we're going to do? Now? Oh. <laughs> Please. It would, can I tell you what, Amanda, like my, my dream for the Rev 60 sequel, we're going to try our very best to do is we're going to try so hard to get Felicia Day as a non-broken version of Crimson and oh have you two God. playing against each other. Do you know how awesome that would be? Like, can you that imagine that? Be, to quote my nine-year-old son, that would be epic. <laughs> Holy cow, that would be amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Because, I like, vote yes. <laughs> you both have this, like, what makes you an interesting actress is you have this super nice, sunny 50s quality <laughs> to your voice in a way I can't describe but it's mixed with this like 12 year old boy <laughs> and, it's, and it's awesome and I think I think she still has that without less of the 12 year old boy and I think it would just be great I think you two playing against each other so. oh, I think it would be amazing yeah yeah especially if you made it a musical like Dr. Horrible that would be even better yeah. oh yeah. yeah let me know if you know oh, the thing is the yeah, thing is know. it's funny because it's I'm, I'm so glad that, that you guys like it because I hate the sound of my own. Really? Really? I, oh, I don't I know really, how you I, even do that. I wow. can't listen to anything that I've done. Really? Because um, because I right away when I heard your not. voice, I went, "That is like just an awesome voice." I wish <laughs> I had that voice. That's like the best voice ever. Right. <laughs> to me, it's like an ice pick into my ear. I'm like, oh my, oh my god. god. There'll be times my son was playing um, Defender, and I did this computer voice for the background of that. And at the end of him messing up, every time I'd go. Mission failed. <laughs> and I swear, I started going, shut up! I'm like screaming at the TV. I'm like, stop failing! Oh my God, I hate myself! <laughs> oh my God. You need oh to be God. better at this game so I can stop listening to myself, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I guess, you know, like Maddie and Georgia, I'm like, Honestly, like you guys are journalists. Like, if you like my game, if you don't like my game, that's cool. I mean, I'm, I'm genuinely, genuinely curious what you thought of it. I will hunt them down. <laughs> you gotta say, got you gotta say, full system. crimson. You gotta go cr- full crimson on us. Right, absolutely. I go full absolutely. crimson on their butts. Yes. <laughs> I feel like this game was made for me. I've already said, I said that to you before I ever even played it, and it's completely true. I, I mean, you know, you know my tastes. And I, I don't play that many iPhone games. I, I guess the only thing I would say about it that I wish were different is that I wish I were playing on an iPad instead of just my iPhone because yeah. um, I did get a bit of a sore neck at times because <laughs> there's no good... It's definitely better ...quite on good iPad. way to play. Absolutely. But, but that's yeah. a compliment, too, because since it's a narrative game, you want to keep playing it. 
you want to find out what happens. And and ordinarily, iOS games are sort of these frothy, play it for five minutes at the train stop kinds of games. You pick it up, you put it down. But this game, it, you really get sucked in and you want to know what happens. I, I mean, I don't want to give anything away, really, but just about the beginning, I one of the things that I was struck by immediately with Holiday is that she starts out as this very cocky character. And I figured that that was because she is very experienced. Uh-huh. But near, the, very, very near the beginning of the game, so this isn't a big spoiler, she makes a pretty big mistake. And um, th- that, to me, I, that happened alongside the leveling up mechanic in the game. And I was like, oh, it's so weird that she's level zero. It seems like she's so experienced. But then I, I began to realize very quickly, oh, she really isn't. She doesn't know what she's doing, and I, the player, don't know what I'm doing. And then the rest of that game is you figuring that out. And it's so often that you're playing a game where the main character is like a Marcus Phoenix type. I love Gears of War, but this is a flaw of that game, (laughs) is that you start out with the game, and the character is very experienced right away, but the player is not. And I think that's very difficult to do. And, And you've kind of solved that problem by still having that that character i chose the sarcastic version of her of course this sort of like cocky version of this character that we see in other gaming genres but in this it's more of a hubris kind of quality that she has do you know what i mean i'm not sure to what extent that was intentional it was it was um i'm a very big james bond fan and to me the most interesting james bond stories are the ones where he fails like the opening of die another day where james bond fails a mission and gets tortured you know for years that and comes back as a broken character or especially brosnan's take on on james bond where there's this great sense of vulnerability in him that was something I really tried to capture in Holiday because her failing at this mission and kind of this, you see this suffering inside of her for the whole game because she is in agony. Yeah, and like, I as mean, it's what's going cool through. about it is that you very rarely have a woman character that experiences that, it, who is that sort of cocky, brazen archetype but who is not a guy i mean that's that's just so rare it's it's very hard for me to think of it and even when i do think of women action heroines like buffy you know in alias is another example those characters are not necessarily cocky because i think that tends to turn off an audience to see an overconfident woman um, yeah. and i obviously that's very silly that's something that we should try to debunk and i think that that your game is very effectively doing that. I feel like you managed to walk the line between having a character who was very self-confident and perhaps too confident, and uh-huh. that did not make me dislike her. So I think you did a really great job with that. I, I think there's all kinds of gender politics that we managed to sidestep by having an all-female cast, because I think there's any number of the scenes in the game, yet there were men there. Uh, interacting like imagine if Minuet were a man like imagine how that would change so many of the dynamics of the game and I feel like you know we didn't set out to make a game with all women it was a cost-saving measure that said I think it really allowed us to tell a story that just has never been done before so you know it it seems like most all-girl casts are inevitably this 
Charlie's Angels thing. Where there's like a hidden guy talking somewhere, telling them what to do. Yeah. Well, it being very campy, too. And this is a very serious game. You know, like, it's it certainly has humor in it. But the overall tone of it is very, very serious, you know? Yeah, I've definitely, I mean, I think I've, I've seen some people describe it without having played it as Charlie's Angels in space. It, that's not true. not true. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but that's what, because, oh, well, there's all girls and they have guns. So it must be Charlie's Angels and they're in space. So there you go. Right. But that's not accurate. The Sailor Moon comparison is a little closer in tone in the sense that Sailor Moon has kind of a tragic element at times. It's a kid's show, but it's got a very dark aspect to it in the sense that these very young women are in a life and death scenario constantly and have this burden. And I think that sentiment is closer to what this is, if I were to compare it to anything. And only because Sailor Moon is one of the only all-female action shows I can think of, period. With more than one woman. And from the aesthetics, too, it's very... Like, I've never watched it. I, I will probably, because my daughter's going to be getting into it, but... It's pretty I, good, but, so... But, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> I, so I'll probably enjoy it, but that's, I've always kind of... I've never really thought of, you know, given it a second thought, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not, you know, it's not something a boy would watch. And, uh, you know, so I've only just kind of seen the, you know, seen the characters, and I've never really given it a lot of thought as to, you know, whether it's deep or not. It's just kind of, oh, these silly girls making V signs with their hands and, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Giggling it's about a lot more yeah. than that. I, yeah. I, I would, I, I'm gathering, yes. <laughs> Do you feel like a male audience will dismiss this game along the same lines? I, 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 I yeah. Oh, I, I don't know if you're asking yeah, me or no. if you're asking Bree, but. Well, I, I don't know. I was, it was a question for the panel, but it's Steve, as the resident yeah, man, yeah. what do you think? <laughs> As a representative for my uh, my gender, yeah, I I think that it's it's kind of an interesting situation because sometimes difficult to play, and, and this is a problem that not just with this game, and and I've gotten past it, but I think that it can be kind of intimidating sometimes to play a game with female characters and and especially uh, you know attractive female characters because you kind of feel like you're being a little bit pervy in the process. Hmm. So, and this is kind of something that I know that I have obviously gotten past that now, but I've bypassed some games with female, with female characters because of that. Wow. That's interesting. So so I can't even process that. Is it because you are more likely to think that they're hot and therefore see yourself as outside of them as opposed to relating to them when you play as them? Well, I think because I feel like it's sending a message that it is for intent in, in a lot of these cases, it intended for the male gaze, and that's something that I am not looking for. So it's like some like like there was a story a couple of weeks ago. I forget if we talked about this on the show or not. Uh, where where we they were talking about how many men play as female avatars in uh, like World of Warcraft and whatever, and a lot of them pick the female character because they'd rather be staring at a girl's butt than a man's butt for, mm. you know, 20 I hate it when hours. people say that. I hate it yeah. when people it's say that. It's so oh like 2002. So but yeah. Okay. Know, right? And, and yeah. so it's kind of almost like an overcorrection. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm realizing that, you know, now, obviously, and I've obviously gotten past it because I'm not, I, I'm not 
I don't make that decision anymore. But that was a decision that I made a couple of years ago. Yeah, that kind of oh. makes sense. Like you're trying so hard not to objectify women that you ignore them entirely. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's that's not much better. And no, I agree, I admit that's not much better. But it's it's you know it's trying to be like on the, the you know the lawful good side of that. Yeah, of I get that what argument. you're saying. Like I only because I've read about how women grow up seeing all these games or movies or shows that have male protagonists so we just get used to seeing the male protagonist mm-hmm. as being like us too because it's the default but guys never really get that practice yeah, exactly. of empathizing yeah. with women it's like a serious yeah. problem because yeah. that yeah. has huge ramifications later right. on right and, and yeah. i feel like i'm a better person for having played tomb raider and having played you know having played rev 60 and having played uh, like remember me mm-hmm. and, and games like that, but you know, like t- 2010, Steve wouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know? hmm. So it, that's kind of and, and so we I were all terrible yeah. in 2010. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I wasn't as terrible as some people. You know, but you weren't as bad as me. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Right, right. I wasn't Probably wearing true. as much. I wasn't wearing as much eyeliner as you were, Maddie. Well, <laughs> maybe you weren't playing enough Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know it's also I mean Tomb Raider in, in particular is also you know like that t- the because it has the baggage of the old Tomb Raider games too yeah. the, it did when it first came out and it's kind of like well you know Tomb Raider had the kind of the the dog whistle of well this is kind of kind of pervy so you're you're playing this just to watch Lara Croft run around in short shorts and you know mm-hmm. a, a tight tank top but I don't know how that's really different from from games that that have women as like they're not even the the main character they don't have any power and they're just being dragged off and you know they're the the you know the object or the you know what I mean like I would rather at least they're the ones doing the mayhem and they've got the weapons and and they're creating their own death like out of both I think that this is much more empowering to have oh yeah I know, agree it just that, 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 that compromise like, that's cool. would often be that the woman if she was in power she would also be as sexy as possible because that was like the only compromise that was possible right yeah. and you also yeah. want to sell copies and that's you know that's one way that you do it I guess I don't I, well I don't know that that really works but yeah unfortunately yeah it does it'll sell toothpaste I don't know. I've read I've read <laughs> studies that say the opposite of that that sex doesn't that sell chicks. any better than other uh, things. Yeah. But, I don't yeah. know. but you're not you're not a video a game marketer, Maddie. Yeah, I'm it's, not, it definitely but... does. Sex, unfortunately, will sell anything. They've tried to to do it with like you know regular people and. And I think Amanda was saying, you know, like, we, we like to look at pretty, like, we just do if someone, you know, they tried to sell uh, toothpaste and stuff with people that didn't have, like, they had crooked teeth, like normal teeth. Oh, well, that's and, toothpaste. <laughs> but the toothpaste right. is for whitening. It's not for straightening. For toothpaste. If you're selling jeans, it's, you know, they'll sell more if there's some, you know, statuesque photoshopped girl. Well, than, that's, okay. I'm I'm saying, like, literally sexy, not just, like. The person is attractive conventionally. Right. Fair. Fair. But yeah. Fair. I mean, I think it all comes out of it. I, I think there's a huge difference in how you perceive it, like, as a gendered thing. Like, you know, Victoria's Secret sends nine million catalogs to my house like every other woman <laughs> on the planet. And, you know, you look at those images, and I've always been really... I, I think it's so interesting, the models that they choose, because they're all in generally really good shape, you know, like they're not super anorexic. They're, 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 they very carefully cast women that you can kind of imagine yourself being. Do you know what I mean? Like they're sexy in a, in an aspirational way and not. Yeah. They, they have that really particular workout regimen. They make the angels actually lift weights and so on. 
Right, right. And I, I, I think that's something in Rev 60. The characters are pretty, and you could call them sexy, but it's, it's not in a Ooh, let's male right. gaze, like, look at her butt. And, you know, right. it's, like, not, it's not in an objectifying way. So there's not a lot of extraneous people dropping pencils. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had the whole scene where your character drops the pencil. And she peels a banana very slowly. <laughs> Is that the $7.99 in-app purchase that you can buy for the bonus? Right, right, yeah. right. We're right. going to do that. We're going to do that. The clothing optional um, no. version. No. <laughs> right. I mean, the difference is our characters are, they are attractive, but it's a... I mean, Maddie or Georgia, as you played this, I'm sure you could imagine yourself as like either Amelia or Holiday mm-hmm. or Minuet or someone. I Absolutely. mean, it's, it's an aspirational thing. Well, I'll go, so. I'll go through my, my thoughts on, on when, uh, when I started playing it. First, it was like, oh, my God, what if I hate this game? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that would totally be OK. I'm, I, I'm like, I think Brie could handle it, but that's going to be really awkward. Um, <laughs> It wouldn't be that awkward. If it makes it you feel be any better, Georgia, yeah. it was way worse for me because the first time that I met Brie in person was when I was about two minutes before I sat down to play her game. Oh, wow. So, wow. So, so I was having that thought <laughs> times like 100. Well, but if you had hated it, you could have just never spoken to Brie again. Georgia <laughs> and I are already locked in here. I know, right? <laughs> it, would have, it would have made the next podcast slightly awkward. <laughs> So I, wait, I did you, you hate it? Really though? wouldn't it? Wouldn't you hate well, it? Right? Let's go through it. I did. I hated it. Okay. Um, so okay. I, I, it didn't I have enough pandas in it. It wasn't enough. That <laughs> that was the one thing that I'm hoping for in 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 you know Rev 62. So I, I started playing the game and I'm like, you know, it's it's beautiful. Like really, Brie, it is. I was so impressed and like I couldn't I couldn't say wow, this is so. It was so pretty. Like, it was just so beautifully done and so well rendered. And I, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun for me to play. What I loved about it was that it was like when I started playing it, you know, here I have this character that I get to control, but it wasn't like over, like one of the reasons that I'll stop a game is because it's over stressful to kind mm-hmm. of get started with. And I didn't have that problem. I was able to play it. It brought me through different techniques in order to continue with the game without overstressing me. And it's kind of funny. I love to have a game that is um, like has a like an actual storyline. And because you get to make choices throughout the game that are going to affect the ending of the game, it also forces me to think what's happening, why, where am I going? And so it was wonderful because I really felt a part of it. Plus the action sequences. I'm a martial artist. So doing all the action sequences were fabulous because when the character slows down so that you get to do your action to, to do mm-hmm. the fight scene, yeah. it was an amazing feeling. It like it was awesome. just, a, yeah, you felt like you were there able to, to do the action. And it was great. It wasn't, it was like just fun. It was tons of fun. And then the music was sick. Mm-hmm. The music. I worked so was hard on sick. that. Yeah. I love the music I every single time i love the music for the game so after when you you level up and stuff it's just the best it's it's the music <laughs> is just really really fabulous so it's just a lot of fun so i really did enjoy it and i enjoyed going through it there's like a couple of things that i would be like you know i would have loved if i could like turn 360 around that would have been that i would have liked because we felt, get that a lot i felt the stuck. camera the camera was a programming problem and there was a certain day where i was like 
it's functional. We've got 8 million other problems to solve. And it's a very common complaint that we get. You know, I'm sure you'll notice you kind of, you can veer off the path and explore around a bit, but we don't do that very much. That's not an accident. Actually, all the touch to move parts, I feel, are some of the weakest of the game. Um, and I think for the sequel, we're going to have Holiday always running from point to point um, when you're playing as Holiday in the sequel. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big problem that we have. Right. It was also kind of interesting that I found out that I kind of do fit the the Canadian stereotype. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you played as a nice Holiday? I I tried to be as, as bad as I could be. But I'm like, that's that's my friend. I'm like, like I, I could, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I'm really Canadian. I really am. Wow, Canadian. That's how, wow. That's how so, I played it too, Georgia. Is that okay? I'm not alone. <laughs> I'm not alone. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually say something sarcastic at this point, you know? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can't give all of them to one person. That wouldn't be what happened. You know, don't stick all your eggs in one basket. So I'm I'm slightly more wow. like I like to think of myself as really. Um, tough and this fighter girl that like goes to tournaments and beats up men and stuff um which i am but i guess i'm i'm polite while i do it <laughs> I, right, right. I, I remember there funny. was there was one point brie where you you would po- uh, post it or tweet it or something that amanda was making all these animations for all the the good uh dialogue choices that nobody was ever going to get to see <laughs> <laughs> me steve yeah. i saw them <laughs> I, I think Rogue Holiday is a better character. That said, I really spent a lot of time as I wrote it thinking about Professional Holiday and what makes her different. And she has a, a softer approach to things. And do you know what I mean? There's a there's an even more naked humanity to her. Like she's she's that much in pain as you know, she sees her best friend suffering. You know, um, and that's, that's something I really tried hard because I personally did not find um, Paragon Shepard to be the best character. Um, so I, I tried to do my own spin on that. So can we talk about that for a little bit? Because this is one of the things that, and you and I have had a lot of conversations about this. Many. Many. Um, <laughs> and, and we just spent last week talking about Infamous and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad morality system in that game. What was the decision process between, in terms of going like this professional rogue route rather than just saying okay well we're gonna have good holiday and evil holiday or even something more more divisive like paragon and renegade from mass effect what what, what well, i talked it? to my lawyer okay. i talked to my lawyer and said no you can't call it <laughs> can't call, can't it, paragon call it paragon renegade oh please don't do that you will get me so sued. <laughs> don't do that but but it is but it is more of a a subtle difference than it is in a lot of other games and what was kind of the the thought process when i you sat were there with the thesaurus things? and i looked up paragon and then I found a bunch of thesaurus terms for it. <laughs> and professional was one of them. And then I looked up, um, you know, whatever, you know, uh, Renegade, and then Rogue was there. So, <laughs> that Yay, was, thesaurus! She thesaurus wow. it. That's it. That works. I was like, Rogue's Such a, cool a complex, like nuanced that. decision, Bray. My I really whole vision is shattered. Like, my whole world reality is shattered now. Steve was waiting for something really deep and... <laughs> Yeah, Personal. like Rogue is symbolic of the X Men, <laughs> for example. Right. I, I planned a whole twenty minute segment on this on this topic, Bray. <laughs> no, no. 
I mean, professional holiday. It's not that she's like, oh no, I'm gonna get voted down in my performance review <laughs> meeting if I if I don't do it this. I way. would love to see no. professional holiday filling out TPS reports. I think that would be that awesome. Would, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I feel be- like that sarcastic "oh no" was like a rogue line that you could have put in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. No, I mean, I thought. You had, there was a character that was coming out in 24 as I was I was writing this. It was uh, Renee Walker in uh, season 7 of 24, who you know, people called She-Jack. And she was very much uh, someone I thought about a lot as I was writing Holiday. Like this kind of person, this kind of pushed to the edge and is forced to make decisions that she's really uncomfortable with. Like, Jack Bauer's cool with, like, check, you know, hacking some dude's head off or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, Renee Walker was really struggling with that that whole season in a way that I really found compelling. Like, she was forced to make decisions because everything was riding on her. And, you know, I, I really tried to communicate that with Holiday. Like, she doesn't take pleasure in doing a lot of the the things that she chooses to do in the game, if you go that route. So I guess the other thing, speaking of decisions, is that, and, and I, I don't know if this is spo- if you can consider this spoiling things or not. I, I think you've you've been pretty open about this. Is that not every ending is going to be a success? No, no. It's almost like a choose your own adventure book where you end up, yes. you turn, you go down to page forty two, and all of a sudden you've fallen into the pit and you die. Yeah. So, Amanda, I'm going to tell you a secret about Rev60. Yes. So, we, uh, yeah, um, we needed to make an ending where Holiday died and everyone died and a complete mission failure <laughs> happened. We were, it was kind of towards the end of production. And um, we went through and we found a bunch of your your takes and we didn't use all your lines. And we kind of mixed it together into this, uh, I can't talk about the scene, but there's a fantastic scene with crimson like kind of gloating and having won um yeah yeah so um something i felt very strongly about in designing this game is there cannot be a best ending for revolution 60 there just can't because every time you have a best ending like i don't know how you played mass effect but you know, it's like, oh, I've got to have the good ending. I've got to have the good ending. I've got to max out the stat. I've got to go build this up. I've got to do multiplayer. And it ruins the gameplay experience because you're trying to get this goal rather than just making your choices that you want to make because it feels right for the circumstance. Does that make sense to yeah, you? Yeah, so, I mean, that's how yeah. I played Mass Effect 2 in particular, mm-hmm. is I played it with game facts in front of me at the at the suicide mission, and I made sure that I made all the choices that would have everybody survive in the end. Right. I think that's... I love Mass Effect 2. I think it's an absolute masterpiece, but that's not the game I wanted to tell. Every single ending of Revolution 60 has good things and it has bad things happen. Like, there's no great ending. And there are very, very serious <laughs> consequences, no matter which way you go, that are really going to affect things in the sequel. No matter which ending you get, it's almost 30 minutes long. I mean, that's a long that's ending. That's amazing. You know, and there are 24 endings. That said, Jeez. there are some endings where you completely, completely fail. Now, wait, did you do 24 endings because you love the show 24? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> 
The truth comes out. <laughs> right. I did 24 endings because 2 times 2 times 3 times 2 is 24. And they're, they're two axes, professional, paragon. Then the second axis is men, neutral, or Amelia. Then you have a major character lives, a major character dies, and then you have did you pass enough um, action events or did you fail too many action events? And that's your ending. It's like if you're a soldier and you fail all day and you're sucking at doing what you're <laughs> on your mission to do, your mission isn't going to end well. So that, that's going to be my ending. The, the ending for those that suck, it's going to be. Right. <laughs> can can I say something you, about that, though, Georgia? Well, can I we, say something before you say that? Because yeah. I was just thinking while you were saying that there are going to be some people that are Crimson fans and they are going to play so that Crimson wins. You know that now, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to yeah. keep on playing yeah. till Crimson. We get to see Crimson totally take Sweet! over. <laughs> Sorry. I vote yes. No, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for the fan fiction about this game. Oh god. Oh no. I'm not gonna add oh, no. anything more to that statement. Oh, no. I feel like it it's speaks for oh, no. I think you've already planted the seed, Maddie. Oh no. Look, oh, no. I didn't need to. It begins. I just... Oh, my God. Oh, God, that's going to break my heart. You know, Bree, the thing about that, I I know I've seen you say some things about fan art and fan fiction. I just want to reassure you of something. The fan fan fiction and fan art communities are almost entirely women. It's like just a cool thing about those communities. Really? I mean, yeah, especially fan fiction communities. There's a lot of women writing fan fiction. So really, yeah. yes, okay. guys, okay. back me up okay. here. Somebody else must know that, right? It, am I the only person who knows this? I did not know that. I didn't know that either. It's definitely a woman-dominated pastime. I cool. so please readers write in and tweet in and reassure them that that's true. But and and so I'm really hoping that you have some female fans who write some cool fan fictions about these characters because I think that'd be really neat. Yeah, I think, you know, I was talking about this on Twitter this week, but, uh, you know, something about the the actress that plays Holiday, she's like, you know, as I act Holiday, I just can't imagine that she's straight. <laughs> she's just, I just, I see her as gay the whole time I'm acting her, and I'm like, yup, I gotta do this, I'm writing her, so, you know. Are you confirming that? I, it's up to the player. For the sequel, okay. you'll be able to choose, you know, so. Fair enough. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> No, I was going to say um, something which I really hard to do was, you know, Amanda, I know you're not like the most awesome game player in the whole universe. <laughs> and, and we worked so hard, so hard, like we worked on the story to make it good. But we worked just as hard to make this a game that if you're just a normal person and you just want to experience a story, you can put it on beginner difficulty and it makes sense to you. The person that designed our difficulty curve was Carolyn Van Esseltine, who did difficulty curve for Rock Band, uh, among many other games. And we worked so hard at that. Um, So it is accessible to people. At the same time, I didn't want to make it so everyone wins no matter what you do in the game. It's successful. I'm so happy you did that, Brie, because I love that feeling of, of the weight of each decision that I make. That there's, there's, it's not, like when I play a game and, and I, I know that no matter what I do, 
there is no consequence to it. It's for me, and, and I might be the only person that feels this way, but it devalues my experience in the game because my choices actually have no effect. So I actually thought very seriously about each choice that I made because I'm like, oh, that might change this. And what about that? And, and so I love that. I love that you took that time. And, and, you know, I, for one, really do appreciate that. There is a playtest that we got back, and this person was literally, I read the transcript of it, and it's like, screw you, <laughs> F-bomb, and you're telling me to go blank myself because you, I failed this game, and how dare you, how dare you and your stupid team, how dare you make me feel stupid like oh this, God. and oh, wow. I just have to, I ha- and wow. we literally set the bar for passing this like we literally bought in like what was it like 20 people who had rarely played games before and let them do it and measured their results and got a mathematical result and said this is you know okay so anything below like 25 percent here you completely fail but 75 percent of people are going to do it as measured by what people can do in reality there like we were very mathematical and generous with this but we did have to make it so you could fail i have to tell you the the ending where you fail it is it is gut-wrenching it is really horrible Mm. and i i don't want to tell you what happens but it is it it was tough to watch so yeah i just wanted to say that not only that but that player was obviously one of those like went to one of those schools where everyone got a medal for participating (laughs) we don't play tag because it victimizes the person who's it and all that i hate that you know what life's not fair suck it up yeah yeah if you're a soldier on a mission it's not fair yeah and you could die and that's part of the tension so yeah so so let's talk about the playtesting process for a little bit because oh yeah uh, so that so I played the, the game, and I, you know, speaking as somebody who participated in it also. Steve actually made our senior playtesting committee, because that's how much he playtested our game. So wow. there's a special thank you screen for Steve Aww. in Revolution and our 16. And our friend Brian, who we mentioned last week as well. Yeah. So I played the game at, at PAX East, and that demo is very different from what the game ended up turning out to be. And I'm really curious, and I know you kind of talked about it a little bit, but I'm curious about that that process specifically after that, when you got you kind of let your game out into the wild because that was the first time you let anybody outside the team play it, right? Yeah, yeah. And and what that process was like, like letting your baby out into the world for the first time, and then seeing what people's reactions to it, and then what what kind of tweaks you made to it after that. Yeah, um, yeah. the initial version of Rev60 came out in PAX 2013. Uh, it was a scene called the Ingress. You guys know this is when you go into N313 for the first time. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? The scene like after you get off the Zaji and you go into N313? Mm-hmm. And the feedback we kept getting was, it's slow, it's slow, this is too slow. I, I've obviously learned a lot over the course of three years of having this job, the thing that I had I'd learned was you have to play test as you go and you have to have metric driven play testing. So we went through and we got play testers and we like literally got a timer 
like that they assigned to find out when they got bored. And we found out the sweet spot for watching a cutscene was making a decision every 15 to 30 seconds, 30 being the absolute maximum. And if you didn't interact with the screen or do something along the story, that that was when it felt like watching it instead of being an active participant Mm. in it. So we went through and rejiggered everything in the entire game. Um, And there, there are a few points where you watch past 30 seconds, but I think there's like two in the entire game. So... Yeah, we were really, really careful about that. Um, that was one of the big things we made, and yeah, that was also when we brought Carolyn onto the team and did uh, you know, metric-driven playtesting. And I understood the value of putting it in front of people, letting them rip it apart, and you know, kind of sitting there as an adult afterwards and figuring out what from here is valuable. What can we do from an engineering point of view? What can we not do? Because the truth is, if you give your game to 50 people, a lot of them are going to, like, they give stupid suggestions very often. Like, they're just really bad. And half of those were probably coming from me, but... <laughs> no, no, you, you gave me constructive I, I made them put I made them put invert, invert Y into the camera, which Amanda still right. hates me for, so... Well, we, we did do that. But I, it's like, Georgia, you were saying you were worried that I'd be upset if you didn't like my game. I've been reading playtest reports for three years. <laughs> That's probably true. Like, you've You're- got nothing. You've got nothing. <laughs> That's probably absolutely right. That that must be. How How is it when, when, again, like here is your baby, you've worked on this for years, like painstaking, and then someone comes in, probably played the game, like you know that they didn't play it for really long, and then they review it and, and they're they're saying something that might not even be accurate to what, you know, happens on it. What was that like? Well, it, it hasn't happened yet, uh, so I'll let you know when it happens. <laughs> no, but even with um, that woman that says, like, you know, that's saying, you know, you're a horrible person because you offended me when, you know, I totally failed in lower than 25% of everyone else. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's what happens when you... Well, I didn't say that to her. You know, I have a department <laughs> that handles that for me. But I sure thought it when I read the playtest report. Um, I don't know. I guess I just try not to take it personally. I think... If you work in a creative field at all, I'm I'm sure Maddie, you get hate about stuff you write. Georgia, I'm sure you do too. Oh, yeah. And you, yeah, <laughs> oh, you yeah, just, every uh, now and then. <laughs> <laughs> so it's while. so rare. It's so rare. <laughs> I can barely remember it happening years ago. Right, you did that one thing once, and then after yeah, that, I think it good. was that boy in his blob review. I don't know <laughs> who remembers. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, you do um, get a little bit of a thicker skin about it, though. You know, yeah, no, no, you do. I so are we gonna? <laughs> I changing the subject. Are we gonna talk about the combat in the game at all? Because I think it'd be cool to let people know. This is the thing about the game that I knew absolutely zero about going in because I didn't play it at PAX. I had never played it before. I knew Bree and everything she had told me was oh, it's gonna be a very narrative focused game. But I'd also seen from screenshots that there would be some combat. So I was really curious about how you were going to handle that. I I think it is really weird and delightful. And I don't even know how you came up with this. I have never played another game that has this kind of combat. I am interested to know if you had an inspiration. Because I would be interested in playing another game like this. But this is sort of... I don't even know what to compare it to. Does anyone else? Bro, it's almost like a cross between like turn-based and, and yes, it's almost like a turn-based strategy game, but it's it's in real time. 
Yeah. It's weird that way. It's almost you like... You like, watch the other... The person that you're fighting winding up for certain moves. Each of their moves takes a certain amount of time. It's actually a little bit like Child of Light, but I'm probably only saying that because I played that recently. But um, in in that game also, it's it's... Child of Light is more specifically turn-based than this game, but animations take a certain amount of time. So it's almost like a very slow-motion fighting game in some ways, because just like in a fighting game, you might see a predictive movement, like, oh, the character is flinching in this way, I know they're going to do this move, I need to react in this way. So there's that, but it, it's there's more reaction time. Um, mm-hmm. But the game can be very difficult, and... If if you if you up the difficulty, I haven't had the opportunity to to play it as much as I'd I'd like to, because I was away. But I, I would like to try all the the difficulties and report back. But I, yeah. yeah, girlfriend mode. Yeah. You have to play girlfriend, girlfriend mode. Girlfriend yeah. mode is intense. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be really fun for me, which is cool. I mean, not that I don't like playing a game that has no difficulty really at all beyond like emotional difficulty. I think that's really cool too, and that's definitely a big part of this game. But there's also a reaction time component if you want there to be and i i think that's really neat and so there's sort of a component of drawing shapes on the screen with your finger and mm-hmm. so that's almost like a quick time event but it's not irritating <laughs> i don't right. know how to how to reassure <laughs> you that it isn't irritating but it isn't uh, you don't know what shape it's going to be but you have to draw a shape and then also there's moving around the field i i i don't know how long you took I would be interested in learning more about how you chose to go with this combat style because there's all these different elements here of different kinds of combat that add up to one thing this is this is the true story of how uh, combat was invented for Rev 60 and it doesn't make me look very good it's okay if the answer is that somebody else helped you do it right I mean I can only care about so many things I wrote the script that's fine I why you didn't develop every single thing (laughs) I I I worked at the Mandarin Lee which took like months of time all that anime that you had to watch yeah you just had to watch all that anime like it's fine so I looked around Boston I said god who do I know that's a game designer (laughs) (laughs) and uh, because like if you think about the the game design document for Rev 60 we really took aspects of Heavy Rain and Mass Effect and I said I like that system and I like that system so yeah I can't pretend to be some genius game designer because I'm not you know Um, so I looked around Boston who is a game designer legitimately and uh, Jenna Hofstein who is unbelievably brilliant you know and I said Jenna here I'm going to write you a check and come up with a combat system for us and she's like okay what are your goals and I'm like well, it seems like there are 2 million Infinity Blade clones on iOS, um, so I want some combat that is cinematic and isn't an Infinity Blade clone. It's super accessible for normal people, and she came up with this. I have to say, the original version of the combat system wasn't that great, and it got great through tons of iteration. Um, I did work with Carolyn to come up with the upgrade system, which I think makes it massively better. Yeah, um, I'll agree you with know, that. I did, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I worked on the chaining moves. I worked on the special moves on the one that programmed, you know, like chose what shapes are drawn when. But it was, this is Jenna's baby, and that's why she's credited, you know, repeatedly in the, the credits for it. So um, I just, I have to give credit to that to her and Carolyn because they're the ones that made it. Well, the central idea of moving around, which is, I assume, what she came up with, is 
is very cool. I and like watching the other character and timing out where and when you will move. I I I really liked that, and it took almost no time at all for me to understand what I was supposed to do. I mean, obviously, I'm coming at this. You know, I'm a I'm a gamer. I know what games are. I'm not like a total outsider, so I I can't really speak to that. But but it took me no time i immediately it's intuitive yeah i I really appreciated that because i you know there are some games that are purposefully obtuse i i've been playing some dark souls lately so i'm really feeling like (laughs) (laughs) um so so like you know sometimes that is a style choice and it's a valid style choice but in this case i really liked how accessible this game was i just loved it. it you could just go right in and feel like you were there the major problem that every single game out there besides Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls makes is it says for you to enjoy Mass Effect, you must be at least a, a medium core gamer. Yeah. Like you can't you can't not know anything about games and enjoy Mass Effect. You can't know nothing about games and enjoy DAO, you know, Dragon Age. You can't know nothing about games and enjoyed murdered. I really, as a core tenant of it, I, I said to myself that iPad and iOS is it's a market that's very friendly to casuals. Right. It's a market that's very friendly to women. It's a market that, you know, it doesn't it's not based around people that can hold a button with twelve a controller twelve buttons on it and feel comfortable. So I wanted it to be something that anyone could pick it up and enjoy the story. That said, that it was also tricky enough at the core difficulty level, so you and I would have fun playing it. And that's something we worked really hard Mm -hmm. on. I I actually really looked forward to when I was going to have the next combat because... Mm -hmm. It was, it was a lot of fun to time everything and to be able to, like, do moves. And I didn't have to stress out about it. Not, and I, again, I just loved all of the um, action scenes where I got to, like, do close combat. That was, mm-hmm. like, so awesome. Yeah, there was, like, that feedback loop of you're always moving around, but you never feel like you're so stressed out that you're not going to be able to survive. I don't know. I haven't played it on girlfriend mode yet. Yeah, on girlfriend mode, you get there. I will. I will. I'm excited. I, I think I'm going to really enjoy that. But and, yeah. and the final boss battle, even on the regular level, I think was yeah. was a little bit... was was at On the regular difficulty level, that's the only point where I really felt like it got to that point. But you in girlfriend mode, it gets skills. really intense. Yeah. Okay, I have a question. Why is it called girlfriend mode? It's a joking reference to a thing a developer for Borderlands 2 said about a mode in the game that was very easy because girls are bad at games. <gasps> what a Sorry. jerk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. I know. So, yeah, girlfriend mode is, you know, some of the Mario games have, you know, people have referred to. The Star you know, Collector. When, yeah, yeah. The girlfriend mode, as far as, it's, it's an industry term for, like, an an idiot <laughs> mode like where anyone can do it which is so sexist and demeaning i just can't well even. it's also it's predicated upon the assumption that the man of the house has yep. the video game system and it's yep. his and the girlfriend is over there sometimes sitting on the couch board and being like honey can't we do something together and he's like well why don't you just hold the controller and fling the joystick around and pick up stars on the screen for me you yep. can't break anything that's what that's what that is. And um yeah, so it really pisses me off. <laughs> so that's why I called my hardest mode girlfriend. I Did love you that. keep it's that like in a, as girlfriend mode? Yeah, it's called girlfriend mode. Cool. 
I'm sorry. This is my no, game. You said, I get to you do said for I want. a bit yeah. that you were thinking maybe <laughs> yeah. that that joke was too insidery and that you were going to change it. And I was kind of sad because I really liked it. But but you kept I, it. I thought about it and I decided to piss people off. Good. Yay! <laughs> yeah. That's always my decision. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rubbing off on you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. No, we made Amanda Winley record some of the most <laughs> crazy mathematical lines for the end of it, like when uh, for the bo- final boss battle. I swear that is that's my favorite part because you're <laughs> you're trying to quote all this stuff from mathematics, like a quaternion or a rhombicosi dodecahedron. You talk about a lot. So, so wait, was, do I sound like I know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you sound crazy. I <laughs> was acting. <laughs> Oh my god, am I the only one that wants Amanda to be like Siri for me and like talk smack to me when I drive the wrong way? <laughs> oh my god. Going home. That would be just Apple, Oh my god. Hire her. Please. Hire her. Hire my going, her. What are you thinking? <laughs> are you even God, I can't even t- turn the car around or I'll kick your butt. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, back to where we were. Perfect. iPhone 6, everybody. <laughs> Make it happen, Tim. Come on. All right, so, so I guess the, the last thing that we should probably talk about that we should probably try to wrap up is... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is going to be available on July 24th. 24th? And it's going to be free. And it's yep. going to be... F- and you won't have to pay for it. No. Um, so it's going to be, and you decided to make it free with an in-app purchase for $5.99 to unlock the full game. Can you talk about, because I know you had a lot of evolution on the idea of what the, um, what the pricing process was going to be, so. Yeah, I mean, part of it is gamers on iOS are very, very price conscious. So, you know, I didn't. I, I, I cannot begin to tell you how much I hate consumables, and I just think they almost always ruin gameplay. And, you know, I, I hope you guys, as you're listening to me, can tell the care that we took in balancing the gameplay and figuring out when the player was having fun and making the pacing between battles and difficulty. Like, I really cared about that. So the thought of, like, throwing some consumable or fake currency in my game to spend real money to buy real, you know, <laughs> fake money in my game, it, it just makes me want to throw up. So, you know, so I wanted to do a flat-priced game. Um, that said, I saw what happened to people that charged right out of the gate and it seemed like there was a real limit to success that they would find so what we chose to do was it is free to play um and there's a certain point in the story where it's like you've reached the end of free content and you need to play six dollars and i believe that more i believe well i have playtesting data that shows like uh, 94% of people that have played my game have a four out of five of either a four or a five on an intention to buy it. So I believe that pricing it free and cutting off the story at a certain point will result in more people buying my game. As far as additional purchases, because um, there's a certain category of gamers that just want to buy something, like I always buy the extra costume, we wanted to provide that. Yeah, I do, Mm -hmm. always. And it was that question, again, like, how can we do this without disrespecting the player? And what we had was someone, uh, two of my team members, literally wrote an entire book about the backstory of the Rev60 universe and the technology. So if you want to know how 
Holiday's gun works, well, we have some science fiction authors with PhDs that wrote about why that works and how. If you want to know how gravitons work, like we have um, a book that tells you how. So it's a $4 iBook that you can buy along with the game. It has strategy in it. It has information on, you know, a lot of the characters and backstory. So again, it was trying to give something that added value to the player rather than kind of sabotaging our game and making like leeching them away slowly, you know? So that was our approach to it. Right. Having it may fail now. and my company could close. So I don't know. No. <laughs> you I, know? Yeah. I don't, th- I don't think you're in any danger of that. Yeah. Cause it lets okay. people try it out. And again, you know, pe- like we're just used to not paying for him. We, we talked about this before. Watch some of the mm-hmm. earlier episodes if you haven't seen them on, on us talking about that, but it lets people try it out. And then once they're invested, then it's a choice. It's not something where you're holding them hostage or anything else. It's that, you know, it's, you get to try it out beforehand and then pay for what you use. And then yeah. you get to play it on after that. And I'm, I'm like, you real buy every outfit. I just love. Yeah. I, I yeah, love that. Yeah. So. I mean, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Can I tell you the first version for Amanda Winley's character was so <laughs> sexy. <laughs> It was so ridiculously sexy, and it was like, yeah, um, a friend pulled me aside, and they're like, yeah, I think Apple's going to have a problem with that. Should, <laughs> oh, I want to see really, it. Wow. I want to see it. Can you, you should put really that on like, that the, down. The extra, some of the extras we can see, what the outfit would yeah, have been? Yeah, yeah, I'll do Ooh, that. I'll that'll do make that. it into the Steam um, version. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 Amanda, have you seen your costume for the final game? I don't think I have. You've got to play your game. You have to play about <laughs> 60 at some point. It's really cool. It's really cool. Right. So, so uh, does anybody else have any more, any other questions or anything that we, or Brie, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't cover? No, thank you for coming to my info <laughs> <laughs> But wait, there's more. <laughs> if you buy it now, you can get oh. two copies. <laughs> That's not true. Can we, we, can't, true. Can we, can we, can we at least have a what are we gaming this week so there's some content that doesn't make me feel guilty? That would be great. This is what we were playing this week, Brie. We this is what we were playing. Oh, right, right. Right. We played your game. We were all, we were all playing <laughs> your you. game repeatedly. That We didn't have any time for anything else. Mm-hmm. All right. Certainly all right. not Peggle 2. <laughs> Steve, how many times did you play the tutorial? <sighs> at least <laughs> 20. It's wow. got to be. Oh, only 20? It's got to be at only least 20? 20? I played it at least two hundred. Well, yeah, but so, it's, but, yeah. but I only played it when you were ready to release a version to, to me and, and to Brian. So the the running joke was that I just kept playing the tutorial because every there was up until the very late build to the game, there was no way to skip ahead. <laughs> so every time that I got a build, it would wipe out all my save progress, and then uh, I'd have to start from the beginning oh. and play the tutorial. Like. I think I know how to play this game by now. Brie, can you please put something in? At least let me skip the tutorial. Yeah. Amanda, no. I hear your voice in my sleep at this point. Received a uh, telegram from Center. Understanding combat is essential for survival. Press any. Tap on the screen to receive instructions. Copy that. Oh my god, I am so Green targets sorry. move you across the battlefield. I'm so sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah, I could, I could yeah. listen to that all day. <laughs> well, I did. Yeah, it's totally. great. That sounds awesome to me. Read the telephone book. This is great. <laughs> uh, so, so Amanda, where can people find out more about your work and and find find you on the internet and uh, you know more of what you do? Um, well, uh, you can go to amandawinley.com or um, you can go on Facebook. I have Amanda Winley the fan page, 
And yes, I know that sounds pretentious it's funny. and ridiculous. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. Um, <laughs> I do. I do the Twitter thing occasionally, but um, I guess we didn't cover this for the audience. I am technologically impaired. <laughs> I once, you know, like blew up a small city just trying to share a file. So I'm, I'm try to avoid technology whenever I can. But um, I am doing Twitter and Facebook and uh, yeah. The fan page. Amanda, I, I, I actually, I read it past my marketing team, like some of the things we could do for the game. And I'm like, what if we gave Amanda Wynn Lee our Twitter for like a month and just let her update? Like, okay, that I would like, use. No, no, no. And then legal was like, no, 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 don't do that. So, oh, yeah. Boy. Yeah. All just, right. So. As always, you can go find all the, uh, I don't know how many links we'll have, other than go buy Revolution 60. On Thursday. That's pretty much going to be the only link. But you can go visit the links for this show and all the shows at isometricshow.com. Uh, you can send us your feedback via email to feedback at isometricshow.com. And you can tweet the show at isometricshow. And, of course, you can always go follow all of us on Twitter. I am at WickedGood. And, Bree, where can people find you? Uh, SpaceCatGal on Twitter. And Maddie? I'm Samus Clone on Twitter. And Georgia? Georgia underscore Dow. So uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, We will be back to a regular show next week. And uh, have a good one.